All right, so we are beginning Perak Hey. Okay, like Dalad Perak Hey. So, first of all, just to discuss uh, the concept of Tefillah. Uh, this Perak is going to be discussing in general Tefillah. So, why are we? Why are we? Commanded to Dab, what's the, how does that make sense? Uh, <coughs> uh, very well. You're going to be in the way. Um, Alright, so, um, so basically, first of all, um, Kodesh who wanted <laughs> to give us lots of brachas and good things, right? And and that uh, and it gave us a way to bring that down into our world, which is through um, through arousing uh, through through arousing through requesting. Um, in other words, if you imagine a, a, a spoiled brat who doesn't have to do anything, right? Just gets like an automatic, um, you know, every month in the mail, an envelope filled with cash, right? So then a person just um, has no connection to the person providing for him and, ha- and has no merit in the, in that, you know, in, in that money, right? Whereas if you have to be the one to... Um, bring that in, you have to somehow facilitate it, even the least of which, the least, least, least of which is what? To go and ask. Right? And not just ask, but to ask nicely. To say, please. Right? You you teach a child, you can't just have that lollipop, right? You have to say, please. What's this, a game? I mean... uh, what, what, uh, you're going to give it to the child, so then what does it make a difference if they say, please, no, because really what you're trying to tell them is you have to be more you have to arouse me to want to give to you. Right? Now, with little children, it's easy. They just, please, <laughs> that's good enough, right? But as, as people get uh, older, then you need to kind of uh, earn, earn your, uh, you have to really... Uh, be willing to put in the effort to arouse the other person to do what you want. If you want someone to do something for you, you have to speak to them, you have to um, arouse their mercy or their desire or their will, their interest to do this. Okay? So so that's uh, that's what Hashem uh, wants for us to do in tefillah. With the child, though, isn't that more of like instilling good manners in them? Well, when you say manners, what's the what, what are manners and what is the value of manners? To be a good person, to hopefully be a good person. Okay, so what you're saying is it's not just manners. What you're saying is that somehow there's a deep wisdom in this, mm-hmm. right? That if you that if you want someone to do something for you, right, you have to speak to them. You have to um, arouse in them the desire to want to do that. Right? You're showing the parent that you want to become a good person? Who? The child? No, the child is just saying, the child has to learn to arouse in the parent the love, the desire to give them a lollipop. 
What's the value of that? I'm learning how to arouse that. Well, it is a life skill, but the but the point is that then you are the um, you are the now a participant in in bringing this about. It means you no longer yeah, the child or the recipient, right? Is the recipient is no longer just a a passive recipient, but it's an active recipient. Right, uh, the the example is Rashi and Chumash when when uh, Yehuda turns off the road to Tamar. Right, so Yehuda says to her, um, "Hava na." Right, let me come, please. Right, so Rashi says, "What does it mean?" Yeah, so what does Rashi say on these words? Uh, when Yehuda says to Tamar, give to me, I'll come to you. That's a literal translation. Right? So Rashi says, prepare yourself and your mind for this. It's a language of preparation. So even Makabal has to prepare himself. A Makabal has to arouse the mashpia to want to give. Right. So so Yehuda was was telling Tamar, it's not going to work. It's not a one way. It's not a one way thing. Right. It has to has to come. Please, you do your thing. You, the recipient, you have to arouse the mashpia. Right by 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 preparing yourself to receive, etc. Okay, that is not the chasen shmuz over here, but uh, um, so that's that, that's what Kodesh Baruch Hu is teaching us in Tfila. Okay, um, besides, so so first of all, yeah, I guess it's how it works, right? But but the reason why it's how it works is because it's a uh, it, because ideally it should be a two way street, which means. That the mekabel has a has a, has a hand in bringing down the shefa, right? In in uh, there should it should be that we should be have a schus a merit in that which we are receiving, right? And Hashem instills this these quote unquote as Yosef called the good manners in us from day one, right? A little baby, if he wants to eat, right? So, um, the mother, even she wants to, can't even, can't just give him milk, right? What has to happen? Baby wants to eat. Mother wants to feed him. Cry, he cries and he cries and he cries. Still not getting any milk. What's going on? She wants to give him milk, but something's got to happen. He has to suck, right? He's got to suckle. If he's not suckling, not going to happen. Then yeah, you have to use pump some things, right? That's, uh, but uh, otherwise you're in big trouble, right? So, so it's not going to work. You can't be a macabre, right? It's not going to work unless unless there is a unless there is a pull from down here, right? Unless you're pulling down. So that's what tefillah is. Tefillah is the suckling, right? 
the bringing down, bringing down the the shefa, bringing down the, uh, the 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 goodness, right? So and through that you have a portion in that, right? I Meaning you, the recipient, right? Uh, are you're not just a passive recipient; you're an active recipient. It's through you and through your merit and through your efforts that this blessing came into your life. Okay, so that's so that is uh, first point that the Ramchal makes why Hashem um, gave us a mitzvah of tefillah. It's difficult to view myself or view as an adult that image. I mean, I don't grant that Hashem is our father and we're his children, so that obviously is the relationship. But it's difficult to view it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, if you want to be dependent on Hashem and whatnot, but from that to, to that level, suckling, it's difficult to envision that. Is that okay? Is that um, is it is it should should we be going for that type of image in our mind? Like, is it, I'm saying, is, it, is that something I should be striving for? No, I hear, I hear. Yeah, we don't we don't often think of ourselves as. Uh, as suckling babies, it just yeah. you know an analogy. Is there is definitely a really great analogy that Hashem put into the world for us to see, right? right? Um, but the the point being, a recipient has to bring down the inflow, right? Has to arouse the desire, right, of the of the mashpia to give, mm-hmm. and that brings it down, and that, that way the recipient has a hand in it, meaning being an active makabal, not a passive makabal, an active makabal, um, that's what Yehuda was asking from Tamar to do. Right? That's what uh, that's what every mashpia wants. Right? Anyone, uh, yeah, say a person would like to give tzedakah, right? Someone comes to you and says, no, it's for you. Give me, give me, give me the money or whatever. It's a, it's a complete turtle. I, I, listen, I wanted to give, but this is <laughs> this is you're making it very difficult for me, <laughs> right? So you have to say please, right? You have to arouse me. You have to tell me, tell me why this is something that I that I want to do, right? I don't know if anybody's ever come to my house and said the word please. So, maybe if they would, they would have gotten tenfold of what they've gotten. Is that true or not? Right. <laughs> Not true. Rabbi Gershon gave her some. Every single person comes to my house. Oh, just no das. Okay, fine. So, <laughs> so you turned off your das. Fine. But theoretically, if there was das involved, right, and there was actual rachmanus in in action, um, you know, basically what you're saying is you're overstimulated and you're over bombarded, and therefore you just. Uh, draw the blank. Okay, so that's uh, that's a breakage in the system. That's not the way it's meant to be, right? Uh, it's not the way it's meant to be. Well, the way, way it's supposed to be is that that the person seeking arouses in you uh, mercy, and then you know, and the more that you're brought, you know that uh, that Rahmanus is aroused, the more you are mashpia on him, just like with a kodesh Baruch That's how it works. So. Uh, that's a that's a extenuating circumstance what you're describing. That's not that's not the way that uh, it is in an ideal world. Okay, fine. We could go on and on with examples, right? Uh, but uh, I think everybody gets it. Okay, so that's number one. So the point is number one is the reason why Kodesh Baruch will give us a mitzvah of tefillah is that we should have a hand 
in uh, bringing down all the brachas into the world Hashem wants to give us. Yeah? But the, we should be through our own exertion, through our own effort. Now, obviously, our effort and our exertion here is a bit different than effort and exertion in other areas where, let's say, it's, um, for example, uh, um, in Tila, it's different than in Talmud Torah or in Mitzvahs, right, where in Talmud Torah Mitzvahs, I'm more the, the actor, I'm the doer, I'm the one doing the act of giving tzedakah or, or helping somebody, whatever it is, right? Um, so there, when, when we say that ultimately a person will be nenem kapov, a person will benefit from the exertion of his hands, um, to a certain extent, uh, that is more, we're playing more of a active role in that. In tefillah, the role is more passive in that we are arousing Hashem to give to us. However, Ultimately, you know, Hakol Newton Erich on on a different level, when you do a mitzvah, any mitzvah, of Chasadim, whatever, right, really what you're looking to do is you're looking to arouse a, a divine revelation in, in your life and in the world through doing this mitzvah. And by us doing this little action, this little, you know, bring uh, some hot, you know, lunch to your friend who is not well or whatever it is, right, that brings a divine manifestation to the world certain that I didn't do that I didn't do all that I just brought the guy some lunch right but uh, but that little action that I did acted as a uh, as a vessel to to bring in that, that divine revelation so in that regard it is the same okay so that is <coughs> that we should have a schus, that we should be nenemigi kappa, that the blessing that comes into our lives should be through our own merit. Now, of what? The other one is what? Uh, it's a matter of, of, of more the of uh, the covenant, right? It's more transactional. It's uh, which what's what's more bris? What's more covenant? Right, just, just doing mitzvahs. It, in other words, it's it's more of uh, a matter of star. It's earning something. And yeah, but I'm trying to tell you that even the star that you're earning, quote unquote, yeah, really earning it, right? The star is the gilushchina. The schar mitzvah, a schar for a mitzvah, Baha al maleka. There's no such a thing as reward for a mitzvah in this world. You know why? Because reward for a mitzvah is the to be nana mizivashchina, to be beneficent, to be to, to be beneficiary from the radiance of the divine presence. Now, when you brought hot lunch to your friend, you didn't create zivashchina. We're not capable of creating zivashchina. We cannot create. Uh, the, 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 a divine manifestation. What we did is we brought it in. So in that regard, they're, 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 they're parallel. It's a side point. If uh, maybe in Yavin, if not, we, we can we can come back to it later. I don't want to get too sidetracked. Um, so the Ramchal does say a few words over here that I think need clarification at the end of this first little uh, half a paragraph in Osalif. He says that therefore Hashem wants to give us. Uh, blessing, according to the level of arousal that we generate, 
And to that extent, the uh, divine blessing influence will flow upon the person. And if they don't arouse, they don't get. Yeah, you don't say please, you're not going to get. Yeah. Now, Raboruch, um, being the diligent Talmud that he is, was looking ahead, and he said, "Wait a second. What about all those, um, all those people that don't daven to Hashem, and they still have food to eat and uh, clothing to wear, and uh, and and they they live." happy and healthy lives to a certain extent. Yeah, maybe not fulfilled lives, maybe not truly happy lives, but they do have food to eat and they, and they have health and they're able to walk around, they breathe. Yeah. So how is that happening? Where is that Shafa coming from? So the answer is, like a good parent, you know, no, even if your child never says please, you're still not going to deprive them of breakfast, you know, like you're going to give them something, right? <laughs> you're not going to starve them just because they refuse to say please. They may never get a lollipop, but they, they will get a bowl of cereal or, or, or you know, whatever it is, right? So, um, so Hashem will still provide, but it's going to be different. If they never say, please, you'll just leave the bowl of cereal on the breakfast table. They can find it when they get there. It's not going to come with a smile and a you're welcome and a kiss on the head, right? So that is called, one of them is called Ponem al Ponem. Right, where, where Hashem interacts with us, where we ask, and Hashem says, yes, my dear son, I will give you, and He gives it to you, and He gives it to you in an open hand, and a broad hand, with an overabundance, and then He throws in some more, right? Or, where, you, you didn't say anything, so Hashem throws it over His back, and it falls on the floor somewhere near you, and, you know, you have what you need. Okay, so it's a, it's a, it's a two-fold difference, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a quantitative difference, it's a qualitative difference, right? It's, you're going to get more blessing through tefillah, you're going to get more blessing in your life, and it's going to be, the, the, everything that you get is going to be qualitatively different, it's going to be an expression of love, and, uh, and harasponim uh, of Hashem, as opposed to, just through more, you know, quote-unquote, through nature, right? Okay. Um... How much arousal, getting a question from the peanut gallery, how much arousal is, uh, uh, how much arousal is based on Kavana? Everything, I mean, it's all based on Kavana. If the question comes from there are pre-baked questions. Sorry? How much Kavana we have? Uh, sorry, hold on a second. What are you saying? I just, I'm trying to understand the question. Like, we have pre-baked uh, questions, pre-baked beggings into tefillah, correct? I mean, there are words we say every morning that have certain requests inherent in them. Okay. So is the question saying, is that good enough, or does the, do the requests need to be... That, that's the question? Okay, fine, you, get, you, you figured it out, thank you. Okay, uh... Yeah, I mean, we, we, we'll get there later where Chazal established for us a certain Nusr Chatzila, but uh, that's, you know, the, 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 the reason why they were able to do that is because they understand that, yeah, really, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, theoretically, uh, 
like you, know, you have the p- food pyramid, and they say like you know, every, every child needs to get like this many pieces of vegetables, servings of vegetables and fruits per day, right? So that's that's the that's the that's the nusach. Yeah, that we have is a standard thing that this is what a, uh, every healthy person needs to be you know, getting, um, but uh, but but none of that replace at all replaces kavana. I mean that's. Kavana is the process of arousal. It's, you know, like a, like a you know face with water, right? If, if you ever spoke to anybody, uh, if you're trying to arouse somebody else, you better be feeling those you know those feelings. Otherwise, I just say, dear Ezra, it's been a really hard year for me. You know, just like, good, just save yourself the time reading it. I'm not been, I'm not listening to anything anyway. Let's just you know move on, right? So. Yeah, it uh, has to come from the heart. Words that come from the heart go into the heart. That's, um, that's that's how it works. Okay, so again, so first of all, so we're saying is that the, if, if you don't arouse, you don't get in the way of tefillah. You may get through a through a background way of just more derechateva. Okay, that's one. Um, two is. That Hashem wants to always be giving. He wants to be showering us with blessing. So, uh, therefore, uh, through tefillah, you're going to be getting lots, lots more blessing than just what is uh, necessary, you know, than what is the kind of bare minimum, what we, you know, whatever it is that Hashem is going to scrape by. Uh, you know, that just he kind of feels needed, he needs to give, you know, like that, so to speak. Yeah? So, um, those are the two advantages of tefillah is in the quantity and the quality of the giving. Okay, O's base. Uh, uh, On a a deeper level, um, tefillah serves a different function, which is, man is, in this world, is involved in providing for his own financial needs. Financial, physical needs. person has to make a parnasa, person has to buy clothing, a person has to, you know, fix the leaking faucet in the kitchen, right? And uh, all those things that that we are, are involved in. Now, we're involved in those things uh, for two reasons. Number one, because that sets us apart in, in, in a hush of a way, that I am someone who um, kind of... I'm, I'm an adult. I, you know, I, Hashem trusts me to take care of myself to a certain extent. Animals, Hashem just provides them everything they need. They can't. They have no foresight. They have no ability to plan or um, you know, save up, store away uh, things, etc. I mean, you know, a little bit. Uh, some of them do store away some food. You know, squirrels stash away some nuts, right? But but um, man is unique in the fact that he can take care of himself in in a, in, a, in, a, in a very. Uh, wise ways through collaboration and, and all sorts of good things that, that, that speaks to the covet of man that's one but two is if, uh, as he discussed back in the first Halik in uh, Perik Dalad that um, you know involvement in the physical world is a a challenge that we have because it's something that tends to pull a person in and suck us in and then trap us in there right uh, and then, and then, uh, and uh, <clears throat> now, that back there in Perikdal, he explained that really, it's a challenge. But ultimately, if we succeed in that challenge, we actually elevate ourselves and the world around us, and it comes out to be even a much greater mitzvah 
than would have been otherwise. Right? But it is definitely a challenge. Okay? So that is our involvement in the physical world. So now, Tfila is a tremendous help that Hashem gave us in this involvement. Which means, so on a simple level it means, you got to take care of your needs. So here's a good way to do it. You dive in and you, you're going to get stuff. Right? That's, and that's what we spoke about. Now on a deeper level he says like this, a person would get extremely involved in the hishtadus, in the exertion, and the efforts he has to put forth to take care of himself and his family. So what Hashem did is, gave us a mitzvah of tzila. Daven, that's the first thing you do. Daven to Hashem. And then, you're assured that Hashem now wants to bless you, wants to give you the thing. So when you go out to do your hishtadus, yeah, you're already... No, okay, look, Hashem is trying to figure out a way to send me this thing. So I don't have to drive myself crazy and make a plan A and B and C and plan X in case all those other fail and like just work non-stop endlessly to ensure success, right? Because you've already dove into Hashem. You've already placed your burden, so to speak, on Him. Right? Hashem is on your side. So then you go, you do some Ishtalos, then you're done. Yeah, so it's a way to prevent us from sinking too deeply into the uh, in physical involvements of this world. That's why the Gemara Bracha says that a person should not do, should not go and take care of his trachim, his needs, prior to davening. Right? Oh, but what are, I have to make a quick run to Jewel, you know, buy, buy a few things before chakras, right? So, uh, listen, if it's truly extenuating circumstances, maybe there's a, maybe there's a, there's a way to permit such a thing. But uh, but the default is you don't do anything, any taking care of anything in this world until you've davened. And the reason is simple: the Gemara says that if you daven first, then everything you do afterwards, you can have siyata deshmaya. Hashem is on your side; he's taking care of it. He's 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 helping you out. Yeah, and that's and that's says the Ramchal. That's the kavanah in tefillah. I mean, the tefillah is the, the kavana, so to speak, it's what, it's what uh, helps us to have the bitachon inside of our hishtadlus. So we've spoken about bitachon before, being the kavana in, of hishtadlus, right? And that's something that's expected of us. Hashem wants for us to do hishtadlus. But the, but the way that we have bitachon in the little hishtadlus that we do in this uh, you know, reasonable amount you've done what should work they should work so then yeah, if you know that Hashem is looking to help you so you do enough that, uh, that, that they should work that's all you don't you have to drive yourself crazy good good to be a yid okay is it inappropriate to think afterwards of whatever the person was davening for and wanting for? If that if it didn't happen, if it didn't come to fruition, then oh, I guess I didn't do enough hishtalus. Is it appropriate to think that? Or, or you I could didn't have enough betachon or whatever. I guess it could be a number. Or you could have a muna. That it's eventually going to happen. No, that, no, that, that, that's still betachon. Yeah. Right. Muna is that yeah. Hashem didn't want it to happen like that. He didn't want. He, he it was better for me the other way. The gentleman in the flannel shirt. Um, 
Emuna, I, I had this realization a month ago. Emuna doesn't always mean that you're going to have a fun time. Meaning, having Emuna means that bad things could also happen. I mean, we, we just said that you have Emuna that whatever is best for you is what Hashem wanted to happen. It might not feel like it's best for you. Might not be the fun thing currently. Right. Right. Oh, that was just a statement. That was not. That was not a question. Yeah. So what, what you, I misunderstood. No, so, okay, so I like, thought you had a question. So, like, if you have like Emuna, like Hashem's gonna but, don't don't lock your door because you have Emuna. Zachary, I I, I I recommend that you listen to the to the Bitochen Shurim because there we dis- we discuss what what's a Bitochen, what's a Muna. Also, Yosef happens to be like a like a local expert in the, in, in, in the area, so you can uh, take it up with him. Okay, <clears throat> so. Um, we, we we have uh, let's let's keep going over here. Okay, um, okay. So that's it. So that is that takes care of O's base, O's gimel, Tfila itself. So Tfila itself is the Kodesh Baruch Hu gave us uh, so, okay so how am I supposed to do this how am I supposed to so arousal arousal is done through proximity through getting close through connection right now uh, obviously true true arousal is done through through connection through closeness of now, on an inner level of uh, yeah, in the, in the physical world, in the world that we're in, you know, it, it helps to be in the same room, to be sitting uh, near the person, right? But ultimately, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get close on an emotional level, on an intellectual level, on a spiritual level. Is what you're trying to connect, right? So, so th- therefore, over here, Hashem gave us the ability to stand in front of Him. Which is tila is a concept of omed lifnei melech that um, we we literally ascend worlds or neshama ascends worlds and uh, is able to connect to Hashem in a very very uh, direct way. That's a you know, th- th- that's a segula of tila. We've spoken about segula before. Segula is a unique spiritual property, right? So. In that regard, tefillah is fundamentally different from brachas, uh, blessings, right? From um, you know, from other things, uh, mitzvahs. Yeah, in that you are omed lifnei melech. We go up, and we're going to be discussing in the upcoming chapters. Literally, the Ramchal is going to be um, charging for us the the ascent, the climb, because you, know, you don't want to like all of a sudden just pop up into such a high world, it might be a little bit uh, too too sudden, too shocking, right? So there's going to be, we're, we're going to, the advice and the guidance of Chazal, there's going to be a step-by-step progression upwards, but ultimately culminating in being Omid Lefna Melech, standing in front of the king, um, which lands us, you know, in, in um, so there's three worlds uh, of, that are out there, three worlds of, uh, of Mifradim, of the created beings, right? The world of Asiya down here, world of Yitzira, 
more spiritual in the world of Bria, more spiritual still. Uh, above that is is a divine. So we're going to be in Tefillah. We're going to be literally going right up to the divine. We're going to be in the presence of the divine. Okay, so it's a pretty high ascent. You got to go from Asiya up to Yitzira, up to Bria, and then into the presence of what's called Atzilus, right? The, the the world of the divine. Um, is this going to be addressed later with the Kavana piece? Yep. In terms of that straight there with Kavana or not? We're going to be talking about those, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so so that's number one, that we're Omelet Ne'amelech, and that is done through a spiritual ascent um, when we do that. Um, therefore, says the Ramchal, two halachas. One halacha is it is usher to interrupt while davening. The Gemara says, even if there's a snake wrapped around one's feet, one should not interrupt davening. Uh, snakes are not that dangerous. Um, scorpions are very dangerous. A scorpion is a different story. That you definitely jump away and run. But uh, snakes are not that dangerous, so just focus and it'll leave you alone. Okay? You'll have to stop the cell phone from ringing. What's that? You'll have to stop the cell phone from ringing. Is there a question or a statement? I thought, I, thought, I thought we discussed you are allowed to do that. If it's bothering bother to the point of where you can't concentrate at all. Oh, so, so, so if you, you, can you do something to... Can you do something to stop something which is currently preventing you from diving? Okay, so, so it's, a it's a different story. Like, I'm sorry? Like a child tugging at your leg. Right, the child riding a stake. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> riding a stake? Snake, the oh, rabbit snake. snake. Yeah, yeah. Which one's going to bite you first? Then? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so it. So, so the Gemara does talk about certain cases. Let's say you discover all of a sudden that you're in the presence of excrement where you cannot daven. It's a different story. So then, in order to be able to continue to daven, you might need to exit the room or, or, or something else like that. Put a turn a kli, turn a vessel upside down over the excrement so as to be able to continue davening. Um, other the other questions you guys raised are more modern day applications of that halacha which uh, we can try to address in a different venue. Um, but uh, but that, that's number one. So maybe just the awareness of being in the presence of the divine to the point that one does not interrupt for anything, right? Unless it's a mamish, it's a kind of Yeah, that's an important concept to have. And as far as the child is concerned, I'm, I, I might just say every situation is different, but uh, the, the best chinuch in that situation may be that when father is davening, he's like a he's like a rock statue. I can bite into his calf, and, you know, like he will not he will not respond. Eventually, he'll stop biting. You know, like he he'll learn that just he just doesn't pay to do that. Um, okay, but uh, <clears throat> the um, that's one. Two. The second halacha is that of taking three steps back when you finish your tefillah. Okay, it's called Akiras Raglaim, uprooting one's legs, which again, if you listen to the language of Chazal, taking three steps back is referred to as Akiras Raglaim, uprooting one's legs. What does that connote? Uprooting one's legs, what does that connote? That while we're davening, it is what? If when you're done davening, you're uprooting your legs, and when you're davening, you are what? Rooted. Right? Rooted. Uh... Incapable of movement, right? Rooted in. 
Um, so, and that, the Gemara says, is because it's a derech heretz. When you leave, when you take leave from the king, you have to back up, you have to back away, back up, take three steps back, uh, you're taking leave of the king. Notice, by the way, that it is not the same, as Rabchal makes no mention of taking three steps forward into Tzilu. Yeah, which that is not from the Gemara. That is something that is mentioned in Master Vitri, in uh, in Sefer Pardes of, of Rashi, and other really hush of sources. I think Kain discusses it, others, but Midina the Gemara, the thing that must happen is taking three steps back. Yeah, you may be in certain situations where you can't take three steps forward, right? Uh, let's say in an airplane, for example. Right, it may not be in a situation that you can take three steps forward. What? That's a good question. Okay. Do you? So certain situations uh, that, that that would prevent that. The Gemara talks about if a person has to daven while riding on the back of a donkey, right? So you can't take three steps back, fall off a donkey if you did that. <laughs> so what do you do then? Okay. So exceptions, but uh, but the point is otherwise. I'll, I'll tell you where I have had this happen is some uh, yeah, I have someone diving right behind me and I if you, in case you haven't noticed I tend to be a pretty slow davener so by the time I'm ready to start my Shmonestra he's already standing and davening so I cannot take three steps back in order to take three steps forward in order to be able to start davening so you start davening without, without taking any steps but uh, well, by the time I'll be done, he'll be gone. I'll be able to take my three steps back. Okay, fine. So that is uh, Os Gimel. Os Dalid is um, so because uh, um, I taught us a lot of the details of it um, what 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 you need to do um, we'll discuss that more at length and then finally we discuss so far Shema and Tila we have to get into Karbonos we have to get into some other really kosher of things and that's going to be in the upcoming Prokim I can't pair a case, so we're up to pair a Any questions? Okay.